Friends, I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents, a program where we feature some of the wit and the wisdom of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. For over 50 years, Archbishop Sheen captivated audiences on both radio and television. Millions tuned in each week to hear his messages of hope and encouragement. It is my prayer that these meditations presented today will truly touch your heart and show you that your life is worth living. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to another edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me on this spiritual journey. And I say spiritual journey because this is what Fulton Sheen uh, does so well. He accompanies us. And of course, he, I like to say, is a great life coach. And we use that term a lot today, it seems, life coach. Uh, But I tell you, he continues to uh, provide us with timely wisdom of how to uh, get to heaven, but also how to make peace here on earth. Now, a number of years ago, I had the good opportunity of serving on the board of directors of the Archbishop Fulton John Sheen Foundation in Peoria, Illinois. Now, this group is the group that is behind the cause of Archbishop Sheen's canonization process uh, at the Vatican. And again, it has been a beautiful journey uh, that began in the year 2002 uh, when Bishop Daniel Jenke, the Bishop of of Peoria, uh, went to Rome and um, again, filed the paperwork necessary to open Sheen's cause for canonization. And during that time, in the year 2002, uh, the church gave uh, Fulton Sheen the title of Servant of God, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And so it's a beautiful title. And uh, again, the Vatican instructed the group from Peoria to send to them Uh, Sheen's writings, his uh, audio recordings, his uh, television shows, and uh, they put together quite a large crate of, um, of, um, (laughs) I want to say, good stuff, and uh, sent it to the Vatican. And over the years, the theologians and the uh, members of the Cause of Saints, uh, the group in the Vatican that approves um, these things, they went through Sheen's writings and his works. And, uh, you know, over a 10-year period, uh, they came to the realization that many of us have already uh, that his writings were without error and that the church approved his writings. And uh, in the year 2012, in fact, it was in June of 2012, that Pope Benedict XVI um, declared Archbishop Sheen venerable. And again, when we think of the word venerable, uh, I like to translate it as worthy of imitation. Uh, And of course, we can trust his writings and what he said and what he, um, again, preached and taught for so many years. And so that was a great uh, time of celebration. And I remember going to Peoria, Illinois for a beautiful event in September of 2012. 
and uh, again met many beautiful people and a number of family members of uh, Fulton Sheen. And uh, again, by the grace of God, and I don't know how to explain this, but uh, I was invited uh, in the year 2013 to become a member of the board of directors of the Archbishop Fulton John Sheen Foundation in Peoria. So I became a very active uh, member in trying to promote Archbishop Sheen's cause. And so uh, a great, um, again, I am just in debt to uh, the Bishop of Peoria, uh, Bishop Daniel Jenkery, for inviting me and letting me be a part of this great movement. And, uh, you know, I've been uh, sharing the wisdom of Sheen now on the radio uh, since 2012, and I have traveled extensively all over North America, giving presentations at uh, conferences and retreats. And, of course, uh, you've heard my voice for how many years now uh, on the radio. And so, uh, again, just a labor of love I enjoy doing. And so today I want to share with you uh, what I like to call the audio portions of this documentary that was created a number of years ago uh, detailing the life of Archbishop Sheen. And the documentary is called Servant of All. And again, it just gives a great uh, collection of testimonies from his friends, his family members, uh, members of the clergy, and the hierarchy of the church. Uh, you will see that the hand of God uh, was upon Fulton Sheen right from a very early age. And so, uh, again, I like to say God is a bit of a show-off. And, um, of course, he used uh, his power uh, through, again, the open, uh, I want to say, heart of Fulton Sheen. He said yes. He gave uh, the Lord his yes and uh, desired to be a priest uh, from a very young age and, of course, had a great love for the Blessed Virgin Mary and for the Eucharist and, of course, his holy hour devotions that many of us know of. And we wish that we could imitate, uh, again, his um, a zeal for both the Holy Hour and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so uh, I'm going to, uh, of course, share with you, again, this uh, beautiful story told by, again, friends and family. And uh, I just ask you to sit back and relax and enjoy this presentation. Uh, again, it's, in, it's titled Servant of All. And again, it, it uh, points to that beautiful scripture of uh, becoming servants to all. And so, uh, and that is, of course, is an imitation of our Lord. And so please enjoy this presentation now as we uh, highlight the life and the legacy of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Please enjoy. When Fulton was five, his family moved to Peoria, Illinois, where he achieved early success at St. Mary's Cathedral School. Even as a young man, he was beginning to respond to those calls to conversion. He was responding even as an altar server at St. Mary's Cathedral. When he was just a young boy, seven or eight years old, he was serving for the great Archbishop John Lancaster Spalding, the founder of the Diocese of Peoria, one of the founders of the Catholic University of America, a, a truly historical figure, an imposing man. I've never seen a photograph of Spalding where he smiled. He just looks like one of those very stern, late 19th century bishops. So here's this eight-year-old young farm kid that's just moved into the city, and he's serving mass for this great archbishop one morning. And whether he stepped on his cassock cam or tripped over the steps of the cathedral, the 
the wine cruet smashes on the floor. He used to say later on in his talks, he said, nothing sounds as loud as a glass cruet shattering on a marble floor in a cathedral in the presence of a bishop. They get through mass, mass is ended, Sheen's waiting in the sacristy for the bishop, figuring, gonna get the, the, the screaming of his life. Instead, whatever this inspiration was, Archbishop comes over to him, puts his hand on his shoulder, and says, young man, when you get big, where are you gonna go to school? Well, the high school just down the street was named Spalding Institute. So Sheen, without missing a beat, says, I'm going to Spalding Institute. But the bishop said to him, no, I don't mean that. He said, you go home and you tell your parents that when you get big, you are going to go to the University of Louvain in Belgium, as I did, and you will be a bishop, as I am. Where this prophecy came from, God only knows. But the truth is, Sheen did eventually go on to study at Louvain, became one of the most highly decorated scholars out of Louvain University, and what in fact became a bishop and an archbishop, just like Bishop Spalding. Fulton did go to Spalding Institute and he graduated at the top of his class, an achievement he would duplicate often in the years to come. After St. Viator's came St. Paul's Seminary in Minnesota, where he continued his studies until 1919, when on September 20th, Fulton Sheen was ordained as Father Sheen by Bishop Edmund Dunn. The ceremony was held in Peoria at St. Mary's Cathedral, where Father Fulton had been a clumsy altar boy 20 years before. Upon becoming a priest, Fulton committed himself to a daily discipline that he would continue for the rest of his life, to spend one hour every day in prayer before the Eucharist. And it was just so beautiful to see him go into the chapel and be on his knees and talk to the Lord. And everyone, of course, didn't want to disturb him, but I don't think they would disturb him. I think that he was caught up in a relationship with the Lord that all of us wish that we had. He was a man of intense prayer. He was not an actor. He used to say that for every minute he spoke, he spent an hour on his knees. After ordination, Father Sheen earned two additional degrees at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. He then went on to study in Paris, London, and Rome. Finally, in 1923, the prediction Bishop Spalding gave to an eight-year-old altar boy in Peoria came true. Fulton Sheen went to Louvain. Seeking a deeper material on St. Thomas, he was recommended or advised to go to the University of Louvain in Belgium, and uh, there he got his doctorate and then was even invited to study for a super doctorate called the Agrégé degree, which he won with highest distinction. First American ever to win that. In 1925, Fulton Sheen was 30 years old and one of the Catholic Church's most promising and well-recognized young scholars. He had reached his pinnacle as a student and was prayerfully considering offers from some of the world's most prestigious universities. But the church had another path in mind for the celebrated Father Sheen, one that led toward home. In 
1925, Fulton Sheen was on the brink of a promising academic career. But his bishop, Edmund Dunn, had other plans for the young priest. He was assigned to St. Patrick's in Peoria, a poor immigrant church where only 20% of the parishioners spoke English. Sheen went door-to-door -to, -door to every home in the parish. At one house, a man hurled a wrench at the priest, who eventually calmed him during a 20-minute discussion about their favorite automobiles. The man and his family eventually joined the parish. Sheen reminds us that our job is not to do, but to be, and to be like Jesus. That requires humility, it requires passion, it requires creativity. St. Patrick's was soon a thriving parish. And every time Father Sheen spoke, the small church was filled to capacity with new parishioners. After nine months, Bishop Dunn allowed Fulton to leave Peoria to pursue his teaching career. He explained, saying, I just wanted to see if you would be obedient. So run along now. You have my blessing. Father Sheen left for Washington, D.C., and a long-promised teaching position at Catholic University of America. The students, even the ones not registered for his courses, would pack into the lecture halls. They would line the sides, the steps. They would sit on the radiators just to hear Bishop Sheen talk. Said one student, you would no more think of raising a hand in one of his classes than telling the sun to stop shining. Nor can I honestly say that you'd want to. He was that spellbinding a teacher. He's inspiring to me, too, as an educator. Um, and even just the way that he taught, he knew how to captivate an audience and how to make ordinary things that nobody wants to think about accessible and to make them relevant. While a member of the faculty at Catholic University, Father Fulton began traveling the country, speaking at more than 100 engagements per year. He used to always say there were three elements in a good sermon or a good talk, a great beginning, a, a dynamite ending, and keep the two as close together as possible. <laughs> you had to hear his voice live to realize this was a beautiful instrument that he was using. His whole charismatic style, I mean, just the gaze at his eyes and the, the way he uh, looked, those were natural gifts. He was giving a mission lecture. He came into a banquet hall. They reiterated what they had put in writing. Uh, Your Excellency, would you limit it to 20, no more than 25 minutes? And then he came into the room, and of course, everyone went crazy. And we had the meal, and then he was introduced. Well, talk about spellbound. 20 minutes came and went 25 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour and 10 minutes. Nobody complained. We were eating from his hands. You felt that one of the apostles was right there in front of you speaking. And that if you, if you miss the first 12, we'll listen to Sheen. <laughs> and he'll have a similar impact on your life. You are listening to Bishop Sheen Presents. We now return to our program with your host, Al Smith. Well, my dear friends, I hope you have enjoyed this introduction uh, to the first few years of Archbishop Sheen's life, and you see him uh, being a clumsy altar boy, and of course then, uh, of course, studying, and um, just, of course, loving the Blessed Virgin Mary, loving 
the church's wisdom, and uh, just had the desire to uh, tend to souls. And uh, again, he was a gifted speaker, and uh, you could see that from a very early age. And so, uh, again, Fulton Sheen uh, said that he had to work on public speaking. It wasn't a natural gift uh, necessarily. I mean, of course, God provides those gifts, but uh, there was a lot of practice and Uh, People that know uh, Fulton Sheen uh, in the years that he uh, gave the television addresses, uh, he would be working on his talks throughout the week and, uh, of course, would spend hours uh, before our blessed Lord um, in the uh, presence of him during Eucharistic adoration and conversing and, of course, uh, getting his notes laid out in a way that he could deliver these powerful messages. So uh, there was a great deal of practice, and of course it showed. And uh, again, I look forward now to, as we continue this uh, journey with Fulton Sheen, uh, how you will see how uh, the Lord asked him to be a missionary and to, of course, uh, evangelize not just uh, America, but the whole world. And so uh, we will continue with the documentary, Uh, Servant of All, featuring the life and the legacy of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Please enjoy. Fulton was gaining recognition as a writer, publishing the first of 66 books he would eventually write. In 1979, I was finally able to go to the Holy Land, and I was a graduate student at the Catholic University of America. And I asked three professors there. Now, these were great intellectuals, and I asked them individually, I said, what life of Christ would you suggest as I go to the Holy Land? Every one of them said, bring Fulton J. Sheen's life of Christ. Every book is dedicated to Our Lady, every single one of them, beautiful dedications, either in Latin or in English. Oh, he was very devoted to our Blessed Mother. He knew that it wasn't all about Mary, it was all about Jesus. And Mary, and everything she did, wanted to lead people to her son. She wanted to be like that for the world. He wanted to be like Mary to everyone he encountered. So do whatever he tells you was Our Lady's last line in Scripture. I think that would be maybe Sheen's last words too. When I found the Fulton Sheen book, Lift Up Your Heart, I was in search of a way to stay sober and not go back to ever having to use drugs or alcohol again and get God at the center of my life and, and Fulton's readings and teachings did that for me. And some things really started to click for me. And I was just could feel my insides, new things happening. And my heart was just going, you know, I was just kept reading it and reading it. I wasn't a real avid reader and I was just kept discovering very common things with the ego and the disease of addiction. The way he puts words together to get his thought across is divine, absolutely divine. In other words, there isn't any reason for despairing about being compulsive in anything. There's always some other force that we can invoke. And instead of despair, as Peter said to our Lord, depart from me, O Lord, I'm a sinful man. Our blessed Lord really was saying to Peter, that's all right, I know you are. That's why I want you. Between 1940 and 1960, the size of the Catholic Church doubled in the United States. Did Fulton Sheen have a hand in that? I'm sure he did. 
probably to a degree that uh, would astound us. He really was one of the most uh, important evangelists in the history of the United States. He may have more, more souls to his record than anybody else in our nation. He's John the Baptist in the 20th century. Um, and no one, no one can chart that. I've heard numbers, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million or more. And that he never missed an opportunity to lead someone to Christ. Whether that be to engage a Hollywood star, to engage a waitress. He would talk to cab drivers. He would talk to hobos, uh, nurses. Uh, sometimes I hide, try to hide behind a book in, a, in an airport but he never hesitated to engage people and bring them to the Lord. He used to have little tiny crucifixes that he always carried with him. And he gave one to a Jewish gentleman. And he said, I'm going to give you a gift. And he said, um, you'll have to find out who his father is. His mother is Jewish, he said, and so is he. And he gave him the crucifix. And the next day the man came back and he said, I know who he is, and he knew who Jesus was on that cross. However, Fulton Sheen refused to take credit for any conversions. He said, I happen to be walking under the trees where the apples are ripe. I sometimes get credit for growing them, or even plucking them. But I didn't grow the apples. God did. By 1948, Fulton Sheen had written 36 books. He also made his first television appearance on a local New York station. Stage lights melted the candles. The cameraman frequently tripped over wires and the audio was terrible. Yet the director described Sheen as magnetic and made for the medium. Sheen also took his first global tour as a guest of Francis Cardinal Spellman, the Archbishop of New York. While speaking on that tour, Fulton often drew crowds in the tens of thousands. He was received like a rock star. Literally, they'd lie in the streets, uh, screaming at his name, welcoming him to Australia. During his stay in Melbourne, a woman wrote to Sheen that her husband had left the church decades before. Sheen called the man, and shortly after their meeting began receiving his confession. The group made additional stops throughout the Pacific Rim leading Fulton to write in his diary, a visit like ours gives one an entirely different impression of the world, enlarges a point of view, develops sympathy for others, and makes one mission-minded. And mission-minded is exactly what Fulton Sheen was about to become. The 1950s would prove to be an important decade for Fulton Sheen, and they began with big news. Pope Pius XII named Monsignor Sheen director of the church's principal missions organization called the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. As a missionary, he traveled the world, particularly around Africa, spreading the gospel, consecrating bishops, opening churches. Fulton Sheen, in his own life, of course, impacted the whole world. But in his travels, there were times the world impacted him as well. But he was going to meet 500 lepers. Well, when the first leper put out his arm, there was almost nothing to his hand. The leprosy had taken away so much of the hand of that person. And I guess when the bishop saw that, he was so shocked 
pulled back, that what he did is he held the metal over the stump of the hand of that leper, and he dropped it, figuring well it'll fall on the hand, you know, on the hand. But it fell on the ground. And when he talked about that in one of his talks, he said, now there were no longer 500 lepers. There were 501. And he picked up that metal and he embedded it in the flesh of that leper. And he did that with the next 499 metals. Now, how many people could do that? When Fulton returned from his trip, he learned of another leper, this one living on the streets of New York. He was so deformed, he would never come out during the day. The bishop took care of him, took care of a, a place where he could stay. And every Friday, we would invite him to dinner. And he would stay with us all evening. And the bishop would have him for dinner frequently, and he would cut Victor's dinner for him. and. Uh, Victor had a very difficult time. Bishop really supported him. The bishop paid for him to have uh, all his operations, his medical care, and he was cured. But it did leave him somewhat deformed. But the bishop uh, got a job for him, got a place for him to live. He said to that young man, you may not have many friends, but you're going to have good friends. And he brought him into the church by being Christ for him first and, and then and serving him in this very humble, humane way. He didn't have, you know, people do it for him, you know. I'm Bishop Sheen, my people will take care of you. No, he t when he took care of someone, he took care of them. You are listening to Bishop Sheen Presents. We now return to our program with your host, Al Smith. Well, my dear friends, I hope you're enjoying this presentation of the life and legacy of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen uh, by, of course, uh, listening in on the audio portion of the documentary made a number of years ago called The Servant of All. And you can see how uh, the good Lord was using uh, Fulton Sheen as a writer, as a missionary, and as an evangelist. And uh, when I think about his writing, uh, again, I cannot tell you how his books have uh, touched my heart and the hearts of millions of others, and I strongly recommend that you uh, add a few Fulton Sheen books to your own personal library. Uh, I've spent uh, many years just compiling and editing and republishing uh, a number of Sheen's lost works, uh, works that hadn't seen, uh, again, the light of day in 80 years, and uh, of course, uh, we have republished those works now for uh, millions to enjoy. And so I strongly recommend that you uh, purchase, uh, again, some of the works of Archbishop Sheen. And, of course, you can find many of those works on my website at uh, bishopsheentoday.com. And there not only will you find a section of books, and uh, you will also find a number of his videos and audio recordings. And so a uh, kind of a, a one uh, you know, one visit serves all. Uh, again, you visit bishopsheentoday.com, and there you'll find everything. Again, uh, hundreds of hours of videos, audio recordings, 
and a list of all 66 books uh, that he wrote and uh, links to where you can purchase them. And so, uh, again, by all means, please visit bishopsheentoday.com. But again, Sheen has uh, been approved by the Church. And this is what I say, is that when uh, the Vatican looked at, you know, Fulton Sheen's life, they read uh, every one of his books and found no error in any of them. And so uh, I like to say they're all church approved. And so uh, you can purchase a, a Bishop Sheen book and read it and trust that uh, you will never be steered wrong. And so uh, God is good. He is good all the time. All right. We will continue this journey as we listen in on this uh, testimony of Sheen's life. And so we will continue to uh, share with you now uh, from the documentary, A Servant of All. And please, again, know that uh, it has a what I like to call um, a message for everyone. That's what I'll say. There's a message for everyone uh, in this documentary. So again, sit back and relax and enjoy the wit and the wisdom of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In 1951, Fulton Sheen had last received his mitre, being consecrated as an auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of New York. Seven months later, he embarked on yet another adventure. Dumont Broadcasting approached him to host a half-hour religious program. He agreed. And the results were historic. Ladies and gentlemen, Bishop Sheen. I think he was the first one and one of the, one of the last, really, to present religion to the public in, in such a way as he did. People didn't recoil or say, oh, this is nonsense and turn it off because of the way he talked about it and the points he made. And like I say, I don't think anyone's had the chance to do that uh, since. There wasn't any other people, no props uh, that he used except his little blackboard and his guardian angel that I think everybody tried to get a look at, try to see if they could see his guardian angel erasing the board. Take, for example, the story of the, of the visitor who came in to visit this particular house. And uh, the lady said to the six-year-old girl, what are you going to do when you get as big as your mother? And the little girl said, diet. <laughs> now it would have been terrible if you didn't laugh at that because I would have to find another one. And the one, the one that I had in the back of my head was that a blonde dies by her own hand. But... <laughs> You like the second one better. We'll use that. His appearance was terrific. His voice was great. He also had a great pair of eyes that looked right into your soul. You know, made you a little nervous. Opposite television's top show, Milton Berle's Texaco Star Theater, as well as the Frank Sinatra show, no one expected Sheen's Life is Worth Living program to be noticed. But America did take notice. There he was head-to-head with Milton Berle, who was generally acknowledged to be the father of television. But, you know, as I recall, Bishop Sheehan matched him uh, viewer for viewer. Within months, 30 million Americans were tuning in each Tuesday night for his unique mix of humor and morality. For example, you often see men walking the street with their hats on the side of their heads. Nothing funny about that. But suppose you saw me coming down the middle aisle of a church like this. 
He came along at a time with a message which attracted uh, a mass audience, the non-church, the Protestant, and the Catholics. I thought he made tremendous impact on everybody, but especially in the Catholic family. You know, you can't have dinner while watching that because you'll never eat your dinner. You're just awestruck on the magnitude of his studies, his love of the church. He knew what the meaning of life was, and that's what people can't find anywhere else. You can't find that in politics, and you can't find that in science. After only one season on the air, Bishop Fulton Sheen won an Emmy Award for the most outstanding personality on television. He remains the only religious broadcaster to have done so. In his acceptance speech, he thanked his writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Bishop Sheen also made use of television to make bold public predictions, further boosting his reputation as a prophet. Perhaps the best known story for Bishop Sheen about being prophetic was the one involving Stalin. He read the last scene of Julius Caesar substituting in for the names of Julius Caesar uh, and his uh, compatriots, the names of Stalin and the other chief uh, Russian uh, government officials of the day. And he read through uh, Shakespeare's uh, last act and which Caesar, of course, is met with treason and is killed. When he finished, Bishop Sheen looked at the camera and said, Mr. Stalin, your day will come also and it will come for you very soon. Five days later, Joseph Stalin, leader of the Soviet Union, suffered a paralyzing stroke. Four days after that, Stalin was dead. Being on television, he made a lot of money, but he gave it all to the propagation of the faith. I believe, and I don't know whether I should be quoted on this, I know it was over $17 million. How many of us would do that with our paycheck? We went to his apartment, very humble, um, nothing fancy. My children were very impressed with the idea that there wasn't anything fancy there, and that it was very simple. I think they were expecting a lots of, you know, fancy things and ruffles and gold, I think and it was not there. We don't know how much money he handed out, but they, from witnesses, uh, there must have been a lot. One after the other, men would come over and press money into his hands, and uh, he would see a beggar on the street and take it out of his coat pocket and hand it to that person. As though he was saying, I'm not giving you the money. The gentleman who gave it to me is taking care of you. So that was his view of money. Whatever you get, you give. You know, he'd go out, he'd come back without his coat. And they'd say, where's your coat? You don't have a coat, it's cold out. Well, I, I met someone, they needed the coat, so he would give it. If you ever went to his house he, and you said, well, I like this, but it's a beautiful statue, but the next thing you'd know, it'd be in your hands. I used to tell my children, don't admire anything because he'd make them take it home. I, it didn't matter what it was. On one of his birthdays, I gave him a clock. And when I did, I said, Bishop, don't give it away. And he said, I won't. And years later, when he was home from the hospital and recovering from open heart surgery, I was sitting in his bedroom and I looked at the foot of the bed and I said, that's a lovely clock. 
I didn't remember giving it. And he said, oh, take it back. You take it. And then I remembered what it was. So he gave it away. <laughs> well, one time, I, uh, I think it was maybe somebody he knew or something was giving me a very lovely gift. And I said, oh, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't know whether I should take this or not. And he said, well, Joan, he said, you take it, but always hold possessions with a detached spirit. And I've, I've never forgotten it because that meant a lot to me. And I, I think that's a good way to live. I heard a story that he um, was walking down the street and he saw a, uh, a woman was there and she said, oh, Bishop Sheen, couldn't you come upstairs? Uh, my boys really love you. The boys had very bad teeth from what I understand and things like that. And so Bishop Sheen kept contact with them and then arranged for them to get medical treatment, to get dental, dental work. Could they, could they do anything for him? No. He just uh, uh, tried to meet each person, I, th I believe, as Christ would meet them. His, his Christ-likeness was his ability to be with and among people uh, and to be for people. I don't think he ever did anything really for himself. You are listening to Bishop Sheen Presents. We now return to the program with your host, Al Smith. Well, my dear friends, I hope you are enjoying this uh, story that is being told to you about the life and the legacy of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And you can see, of course, how uh, Fulton Sheen touched millions each week through his television show. Uh, of course, um, again, the prophecies that... Um, he shared and uh, how many of them have come true uh, over the years. It's unbelievable. And I think many people say to me, you know, I've been reading some of Fulton Sheen's writings from the 1940s and a lot of that has come true and is coming true. And so he has a prophetic um, way about him. And um, again, it is one of these things where I think this is where we fall in love with his wisdom uh, more each day. And of course, there was his giving and how he was so generous in handing over uh, every penny that he made from his television series and went to help the poor with his mission work at the propagation of the faith. And so, again, how many of us would hand over our paycheck uh, to help um, the poor? And so, again, his, um, his, he just knew that whatever he got... Uh, he would give. And I love that one line that when he was giving uh, money to a poor beggar, he says, I'm not giving you the money, but someone who gave me the money to give to you uh, is the reason behind this act of charity. So again, I loved uh, how he was humble, uh, yet he knew there was a need and he uh, relieved the suffering of so many people uh, with his charitable work. And so praise be to God. All right, we will continue with this, um, again, beautiful presentation about the life and legacy of Archbishop Sheen uh, by, of course, uh, sharing with you uh, the audio portions from the documentary Servant of All. And so I will uh, now let you continue to see how the hand of God was 
upon Sheen not only during his early years and, of course, those many years as a priest and a missionary and a televangelist, but you will see in a few moments, of course, how Fulton Sheen embraced suffering and, of course, knew that it was also part of God's plan for him. And so um, may I invite you once again just to sit back and relax and enjoy the wit and the wisdom of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. The years following Vatican II proved challenging for Fulton Sheen, including ongoing difficulties with the man who helped bring him to New York, Cardinal Spellman. While neither man spoke publicly of their strained relationship, it remained a painful 10-year period for Bishop Sheen, though one he chose not to write about in his autobiography. I think he looked and said, that is over, that's forgiven, we've come through all of that. But it was difficult, very difficult. Bishop Sheen wrote of these feelings later, saying, Christianity begins not with sunshine, but with defeat. During those days when my life was backed up against the cross, I began to know and to love it more. He's challenging uh, priests to realize that the difficulties they're facing are not obstacles necessarily to be run away from, but are possibly the path that Jesus has chosen to have them accept as part of the cross. After all, he transformed evil on the cross. In 1966, Bishop Sheen was handed an entirely new challenge when he was installed as Bishop of the Diocese of Rochester, New York. And no one, including the Bishop, saw it coming. I was down in the kitchen of the friary getting a cup of coffee in the afternoon, and this brother comes running in, and he says, guess who our new bishop is? And I said, who is it, who is it? He said, it's Bishop Fulton Sheen. I said, oh, come on now. They're not gonna send him up here to the little diocese of Rochester. Sure enough, that's where he came, and I couldn't believe it at first. He told me that he was going to go to Rochester, and I said, why Rochester? And he said, well, you know, when I became a priest, I was told, you went where you were sent. And he said, that's what I am doing. Anything that happened to him, he just uh, accepted everything as uh, that's where God wanted him to be. There were some who maybe disagreed with him. They felt he was too traditional in theology, especially after Vatican II. He suffered a bit from that. The bishop also began to lose national support for publicly supporting civil rights and for being critical of the war in Vietnam. In fact, he stated that dollars spent on bullets would be better spent caring for the poor. People just revolted against him about it. And it was a very sad, sad time. But he accepted it. He really accepted He didn't complain about it. Uh, he just wished that he could have gotten his message through. And he had three years there. There were not very, very wonderful years in his life, I might say, because it was taxing for him. At the age of 74, just one month after celebrating his 50th year of the priesthood, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen resigned his position and left Rochester. Uh, 
and I got a phone call from the bishop saying, Marlene, I'm going to have open heart surgery, and I'm not worried about it, but everybody else is. But whatever the Lord wants, that's it. I will do it. They needed blood, and so they sent out the word, and they had to keep the blood bank open because so many firemen and policemen came to give blood. Then I went up to New York, to Lenox Hill Hospital, to be there. It was traumatic. And then he started to bleed again, and he had to be, you know, re-operated on, so to speak. And it was very, very uh, tough for him because he was a very private person in many ways. Never stopped, you know, serving our Lord, even when he was uh, very ill. Um, it was just like every minute he had that he could be of some service uh, to the church or to our Lord, he used it and used it well. Great story that Bishop O'Mara tells is in the ICU unit, the man next to him was dying. I was there, and his hand went up and made the sign of the cross. It gives me a chill. I can't imagine being in those circumstances, which I've visited but not yet had to lie there on the, on the gurney and start talking to the poor patient next to me about Jesus Christ. I love the Lord, but Fulton Sheen constantly would engage people uh, in thinking about Christ and his gospel. He had a wonderful friendship with Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She went to see him, you know, he was in bed his last year when he had the three heart operations, you know, and uh, Mother came in and, oh, Mother, how are you? She's so excited to see Mother Teresa of Calcutta. You know, it's like one saint dealing with another. You know, she loved his book on the life of Christ. The sisters told me, the missionaries of charity told me, they, they said, Mother always carried that book with her. And she had the sisters read that during Holy Week. When he was in the hospital, some priest said to Cardinal Cook, well, now the bishop really knows what suffering is. And the cardinal looked at the priest and said, oh no, he has always known what suffering is. I've had a great deal of suffering in the 83 years of my life. Physical suffering, and other suffering. It should never have happened. It lasted over many years. And yet, as I look back, I know very well that I have never received the punishment that I deserved. God has been easy with me. On October 2nd, 1979, New York City was visited by Archbishop Sheen's old friend, the newly elected Pope John Paul II. So many people were there. The church was crowded, maybe four or 5,000 people there. As the Pope entered St. Patrick's Cathedral, someone led a very feeble Archbishop Sheen forward to meet him. He knew the Pope as the man John Paul and as the Vicar of Christ. He was meeting Christ there. And yet, 
the Pope embraced him and did not allow him to, uh, to kneel down in front of him. He had such a tremendous uh, esteem of the bishop. The picture captures it all. The Holy, the Holy Father holds him in his arms, and of course the, uh, that huge, vast, magnificent cathedral stood up and applauded. Uh, Fulton Sheen was uh, an icon of the best of American Catholicism, and the Holy Father affirmed that. I was 15 feet away from him. It was a, a special moment in my life. As they embraced, the Pope spoke into the ears of Fulton Sheen a blessing and an affirmation. You have written and spoken well of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a loyal son of the church. And that's what he wanted to be. And to have it come from Peter was important to him. What was stripped away in that moment, it wasn't about the TVME or the radio messages or or the 60 books. It was about what he wrote and what he said and how he lived his life. It's the culmination of a whole life when the Pope can embrace you and say, you've been a loyal son of the church, and he was. In the final months of his life, Fulton Sheen worked toward finishing his autobiography. He also came to a place of greater understanding about himself. He wrote an autobiography that asks forgiveness for his pride and the wisdom of being humbled to a degree that he sometimes, he confesses, could not reach. He wrote, while many young priests sought ways to imitate the way I preached, was it inspiring anyone to imitate Christ? I knew it was not right. I knew I should be giving away more than I gave. I should have resembled more closely Christ, who had nowhere to lay his head. I should have fled from the applauding mobs. We certainly see, at the end of Fulton Sheen's life, a man purified in the fires of love, purified by the wood of the cross. On the morning of December 9th, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen was found in death in the one place he truly lived, before the Eucharist in his private chapel, in the shadow of the cross. For two days, thousands of people filed by Sheen's coffin at St. Patrick's Cathedral, touching his hand as they passed. At the final mass held in his honor, Four cardinals were present, along with 48 bishops and more than 2,000 mourners, including old friends Billy Graham and Rabbi Mark Tannenbaum. Archbishop Sheen's longtime friend, Archbishop O'Meara, gave the eulogy. Bye now, Fulton Sheen. And God love you forever. Show me your hands. Have you a scar from giving? Show me your feet. Were you wounded in service? Show me your heart. 
Have you left a place for divine love? Well, my dear friends, I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, series of reflections from the documentary titled Servant of All, and you can see how the hand of God was truly on uh, Venerable Fulton J. Sheen uh, throughout his life, and so may we be as blessed. Uh, My dear friends, to find out more about the life and legacy of Archbishop Sheen, uh, please visit our humble website, uh, simply titled bishopsheentoday.com, and there you will see highlights of his life. You will, of course, have an opportunity to watch a number of videos of his presentations from his television series and his retreats. Uh, There are hundreds of hours of audio recordings that you can download for free, and of course, a great selection of the books that he wrote over the years. And uh, again, I am indebted to my good friends at Sophia Institute Press, and uh, they've been, of course, publishing a number of Sheen books over the years and, in fact, have 10 different titles that they share. Uh, and, of course, in their uh, library of great books. And so may I invite you to visit their website at uh, sophiainstitute.com. And uh, we offer a 25% discount to everyone who purchases uh, two books or more uh, from Sophia Institute Press. And, of course, just use a promo code, uh, simply SHEEN25. Again, that's SHEEN25. And use that promo code when you're checking out, uh, when you order two books or more, and receive that generous discount. And so, again, my thanks to Sophia Institute Press for carrying uh, so many beautiful SHEEN titles. Now, please know that I do read my mail, and I do get... Uh, inquiries uh, from time to time about speaking engagements. And uh, again, as I mentioned to you, I have uh, spoken all over North America. And uh, of course, uh, I entertain invitations to speak at events. So if you love me to come and speak about Archbishop Sheen and of course some of the wisdom that he offers to the world, uh, I'd be glad to come to your event. Um, again, I usually just work for coffee and a few meals and I always like to say, get me there and I'll give a talk. And so uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me to come and speak at your event. Uh, God has been good to me over the years. And again, it's just a labor of love I enjoy doing. Um, The good Lord has uh, blessed me. Uh, Many people who know me know that uh, for 30 years I've been a man of trade. And so uh, I've been a plumber, pipe fitter. Uh, In fact, my nickname on the radio is, uh, they call me the Pipe Padre, because I get to speak about spiritual uh, themes, yet uh, have, of course, had wrenches in my hand my whole life, it seems. And so uh, I like to be like Fulton Sheen. He said, I didn't retire, I retreaded. And so for me, I've put down my wrenches and uh, picked up my books and, of course, my microphone and have been sharing uh, Archbishop Sheen, uh, again, his uh, great um, 
I want to say volumes of work, uh, both written and spoken, and been sharing them with the world. So again, I am available. And you can find me on my website, bishopsheentoday.com. Uh, there is a, a little tab saying there, contact me. And so reach out to me and uh, I'd love to talk to you. So uh, again, I am a blessed man. I truly am. All right, I would ask you to bring a friend next week as we continue this journey together, as we share the wit and wisdom of Archbishop Sheen. And so until next time, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.